0: I'm Zach, and uh, I'm honestly for having a microchip implanted in my blood system. I think it'll improve me.
1: Improve you as just a human?
0: Yeah. Like, I'm not scared of that, if that comes through. Like, if that's reality, I think you roll with it.
1: Like, do you think you'll be a little smarter, stronger?
0: Yeah, I think it creates a superhuman, right? Like, mm-hmm. f- sign me up, you know? Yeah. I'm cool with that.
1: Yeah, my name's Caitlin, and I have all of my vaccinations.
0: <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> I'll just clarify, same here.
1: Uh, I literally forgot to come up with an intro, and that's what I got. So just wanted to make that super clear uh, before we go into this. Welcome to Manipulating the Masses. <laughs>
0: Uh, We're going to be taking a look at the power of social media to change the national conversation. Specifically, how the rise of the anti-vaxxer movement was fueled by social media platforms and how the social media algorithms became flawed when they tried to optimize to keep people engaged on site. It is like a dual uh, fuck up, I guess, on uh, our part. So... My first question to you, Caitlin, how do you get your news right now? Like, how do you stay updated? Where do you go? What, what's your resources? How do you stay?
1: Oh, God. Um, social media. I'm not kidding. I'm. It sounds really pathetic, but I follow a lot of accounts that that's where I get my information from. And Zach, I'm playing into the algorithm because I choose which accounts I want to get my news from. And I'll just... Uh, put myself out there they are typically left-leaning accounts so
0: yep we're gonna touch on that you best believe
1: I get fed <laughs> what I want to read
0: Yes, you're a victim of the algorithm. Okay, you know what? It it takes solace in the fact that you are not alone in getting your information from social media. You are far, you are in fact in the majority.
1: I'm so excited to figure out how the anti-vaxxer propaganda got spread through social media because we've already touched on disinformation campaigns in social media, particularly in the 2016 elections. We've already touched on that but this will kind of be the first time that we do more of an in-depth research project into uh, a campaign like this so i'm so excited to hear what you have brought to the table
0: yes because you and i have varied you run the social media side of our business you know that i actively disdain social media in all forms so it is uh you'll get some history on why i hate it so much and uh i'd love to hear your because you're in the trenches of it doing it every day and seeing how it's evolving so i think it'll bring a nice balance and then like i said the disinformation campaign is a subject near and dear to my heart Mm -hmm. i have had personal experience with it for a number of reasons and the first is that i got my start in marketing working for traditional news publications like the flint journal the grand rapids press the lansing chronicle the oregonian uh that's where i started was like these traditional newspaper old school ivory tower news outlets um and while i was there it was really digital marketing was coming into the fold and i saw them losing subscribers social media was becoming more and more prevalent for news and i saw them struggling and they were really struggling to adjust to how people were changing getting their news and their information and it's not because like their content wasn't important you know i was on the marketing end so we would like sell and run the campaigns on the back end and it's not like their content wasn't important it was just shifting to a social media and b like national tv news outlets like fox news and cnn and all of that stuff so I mean, the fact that you now get your news from social media.
1: I think there's an element of wanting to get your news from someone you trust and you know directly rather than getting it from a, a newspaper because there is a bit of uh, untrustworthiness. You know, everyone blames this quote unquote media. I love that fucking conversation. I really do. Everyone's like, the media paints it and, and on both sides, left and right. Everyone blames, paints the media and I'm using hardcore air quo- air quotes right now. Everyone paints this media as the villain, both right and left. And so there's a there's an element of this media being the bad guy and being the untrustworthy one uh and so people tend to you see that you saw that shift firsthand uh people wanted to get their information from uh their local senators people who they might have met or uh people who they trust people mm-hmm. who they idolize people you know what i mean i'm gonna use a pop culture icon but like what is lady gaga reading what does she believe in like i want to be yeah. like her so i want to believe in what she believes in and you saw that shift firsthand
0: yeah and i don't think it's too different than what we've experienced like you think about oprah's book club and like those books would fly off the shelves in the 90s and early 2000s pre-social media right like there's still influencers there's just more of them now and they've each have their own niche right and i i totally agree with you i think it's it's fascinating and i think it's Yeah, it's it's frustrating on my end, but it is the media, quote unquote, whatever, big media's fault. I saw an interesting word uh, chart based on the Kyle Rittenhouse trials that were going on recently, based on the words that left-wing sites would use in the headlines and based on the words that right-wing sites would use in the headlines. And, you know, the left-wing sites... Supremist was a big word like a lot of them used like white supremacist like they used that in the headlines and then on the right wing sides most of the the words were about the judge and about you know like highlighting the actual trial side of it so it's true it's just separated and there's two echo chambers and we'll i think we'll explain why because these media outlets rather than tailoring their message for their readership are now tailoring it for social media to get the views, to get the clicks, to get the shares on these platforms. So they're playing to the algorithm a lot more than they're playing to their actual readership.
1: I don't wanna derail the conversation too much, but I am interested, what was the right side saying about the judge were they painting him in a good light or was it matter of fact i'm just so interested that they chose to highlight the judge
0: they're trying to paint the judge's partisan the truth is always going to be somewhere in the middle and these the problem is these news sites these media organizations are writing to Get the shares on social media, because like you, they, a lot of people on social media follow the people they agree with and like the things that they agree with. So they're trying to get into that echo chamber and the right's doing the same thing. They're trying to get into that echo chamber. And the truth is somewhere in the middle. Um, so I think we've lost our way. Social media is to blame.
1: I found it interesting that the right is choosing to talk about the judge because the judge is making a mockery of this trial. Um, And I I was curious because I don't read. (laughs) I I don't read right-wing... articles, but i um, interested to see how they're painting the judge. But I don't, yeah. let's continue. Let's keep going on. No,
0: I'm with you. I'm with you. And that kind of leads into my next point is the shift of people reading these traditional news sites to social media happened very quickly. They did a study in 2018 and about 20 Americans said that they got most of their news from social media. And then just a year later in 2019, that increased to 59%. So 20% to 59% in wow. just a year right i it's i mean do you have any thoughts thinking back of why that shift happened i mean is it hatred of the traditional media is it is it the ease of use of social media that you're just always on there so you're just constantly getting content like I, what do you think what would you credit that shift to
1: i'm trying to think of uh, an event that happened in 2018 where people decided to ditch traditional news outlets. And I can't think of one in particular. I'm wondering when the big Black Lives Matter movement started to come to the surface. Like, if it's always kind of lived there, but it wasn't until they call it like kind of a pseudo white awakening, where white people started to get on board with the Black Lives Matter movement. And I'm wondering if that was like 2018, 2019. Well, I played into that as a as a white person. I piggybacked off of the BLM movement and was uh, actively supporting that. You know, in this pseudo white awakening. And that's when I started to tune into black activists on social media because they weren't getting the media coverage from traditional publications. And that's when I started to tune into black authors. And these people are all kind of quote unquote underground. Yeah. Um, and so you could only find them on social media, they weren't in the traditional media. Mm-hmm. So, I, I would kind of credit towards these big awakenings that happened in the past couple of years. And that's when people turned to social media.
0: You know, you're so nice for thinking that it was it was something that happened. I think it's because social media changed their algorithms in 2018 to really tailor Messaging and really try to change the ah. newsfeed. I think that's when Facebook really turned up the gears on trying to make the newsfeed a profit machine rather than a friend to friend sharing machine. Um, so people started seeing more and more content they liked.
1: So I like take the view of like, yeah, the people made their own choice. (laughs) And you're like, absolutely not. The people did not make their own choice. It was the algorithm. They were manipulated by the
0: algorithm. Exactly. Like it's, I think that's what happened is Facebook tried to make this thing a revenue generating machine and it just fed us more things that we liked and they made optimization to keep us on there. And part of that is content and content published by whoever the fuck bumpfuck Joe in Arkansas. So let's talk r- real quick. The shift is people are getting on social media. I think it's also interesting to see what platforms people are referencing when they get news on social media. So the people that get their news mostly on social media, 52% are on Facebook, 52%. So the people that are actively using Facebook, half of them get all of their news from Facebook. And that is pretty key, right? Okay. Um, The next is YouTube is the next highest. People getting a lot of information on YouTube and you can see that through like niche channels, like people just posting content about whatever. Next is Twitter is the other one that people get most of their news from. And then fourth is Instagram. And and then it goes LinkedIn, Reddit, Snapchat, WhatsApp, Tumblr, Twitch, and TikTok are kind of all at the bottom. Nobody really gets their news from them.
1: I kept making those faces at you because I live on Instagram. So I was just kind of waiting for Instagram to be number one or number two. So I was, I kept being surprised after it was like Facebook Twitter makes sense. I just don't live on Twitter, but I'm surprised uh, that Facebook that Instagram was number four. YouTube was a surprise to me.
0: Yeah, you don't even think about that. But they, when they when I read that, I was like, "Oh my God, you're so right." There's all these like niche channels of people just like vlogging and doing that. Like there is, that makes sense. That makes sense to me.
1: Yeah. When do people have time to watch YouTube channels? <laughs>
0: Instead of watching the reality TV that I watch. Like,
1: <laughs> I guess is that what is that when they watch YouTube? Like when the fuck do people have time to watch YouTube?
0: I don't know. I mean I have it hooked up to my TV so I could watch it right on my TV. Like sometimes I put I put on like just a YouTube channel and watch some videos instead of like Hulu or Netflix. If you were to just type
1: in YouTube, like what would you go to? Like like flat earth videos?
0: I'm sure there's plenty of those. YouTube is the second biggest search engine behind Google. So like, it makes sense to me. People are using YouTube just to search things all the time. Kind of makes sense to me.
1: That is fascinating.
0: Yeah, right. You wouldn't think about that one. Um, And then I would think Instagram is, is probably growing, but it's not a content delivery network yet. It's a photo sharing app. And that's why they're trying to push all of these new ways to push out content so they can start getting people to stay on the app longer the other piece of this that i think is interesting and you alluded to it is getting it how who are they getting their information from right so not just the channel but really who are people getting their information from 39 percent of people say that they get their their most frequent source of information is personalities, influencers, and celebrities followed on social media or YouTube. 39%. So it's very much what you're saying. You find these like underground influencers, people speaking to the niche and you follow them and you rely on them to stay updated.
1: Which is to me just so scary because influencers are just people like me and you. Like I am not Overly educated in the things I talk about on social media, and same with influencers. Like they're just shooting from the hip half the time, and they happen to have a following that's going to say what or going to uh, read what they say as Bible.
0: Mm -hmm. And not only that, but amplify what they say, sharing, sharing it with their friends, and create. Uh, They just have a huge megaphone. Number two is uh, news aggregators like Google News, Apple News, like the app on your phone that aggregates all of the news sites together. Um, Three is digital media outlets specifically, BuzzFeed, Gisabelle, like Breitbart, those kind of exclusively digital publications. Um, 16% is traditional TV news. 13% is local news. 9% in coming in at number six is comedy shows like last week tonight with john oliver like the colbert report like these shows Uh, that's how some people are getting their news as well right and then right tied with comedy shows is podcasts is how uh people get their news so i'm gonna say off the bat if you get your news from us find some other news sources because caitlin said it we're not the most authoritative people So, we just shoot from the hip like everybody else, baby.
1: It surprises me that podcasts are so low on the totem pole because there's some great information out there on podcasts, not from you and me by any means. I'm not saying like, do not get your news from us. Do not get your opinions from us. But there are some great podcasts out there where people who are actually informed and educated and in the know on poli sci and political Mm. and all that good stuff. So it surprises me that it's so far down Down the line. Also, I'm not going to lie, you mentioned comedy shows uh, like The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. I'm not going to lie, I actually get my news from that too. So, yep, here I am.
0: Yep. Because you feel like it's at least not less partisan and they're making fun of it. You know, they're going to go for the joke. It doesn't matter who it is. Like they're going to report on it and they're going to go for the joke rather than trying to sway your political interests.
1: They are, but I do a little bit disagree. They are primarily left leaning
0: nah, yeah, I mean, it's funnier to make fun of Republicans. They're easier targets. Let's just be honest they're <laughs> they're they're easy targets
1: Now you know where Zach and I stand on. <laughs> uh, on the scale of uh, red to blue, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't think we've hit that in previous <laughs> ones either. Um, yeah, we're we're very uh one sided on that. Yeah, so I I think like with the rise of social media and how we're consuming information, I mean, there's been multiple studies. Done, But the reigning theory is, is the two shifts, and this is my personal experience too, is social media platforms like Facebook and Twitter optimizing their news feed to tailor it what you like and what you're going to engage with and what you're going to click on and what you're going to read, as well as news sites playing into this partisan echo chamber and creating content that's tailored to these two kind of echo chambers and i think it's it's a huge detriment to society i think the the truth is always somewhere in the middle and people are just becoming more polarized our content our information is becoming more polarized and we see that play out in anti-vaxxer movements and um it, it's it's not helping us that's for sure
1: i was gonna say i could not agree more with uh the polarization because i look at like my own close personal network and if i know someone voted republican like i automatically think that they're a trumper mm. and uh i have i immediately form an opinion about them however ask me five years ago ten years ago and i could easily have a conversation with a Republican and not make those assumptions. And we mm-hmm. could go to dinner and have a great time. But now I won't even give them the time of day because <laughs> I assume that they're a Trumper. And same with right wing. Like, I don't want to discount that either. Like, they know my voting status. They know that I'm very left leaning. Mm-hmm. Uh And they probably make those assumptions about me. But 10 years ago, that that wouldn't have happened. It didn't happen. Yeah,
0: no, I agree. I, I think there just needs to be more... Debate and the, but there's no good online space for debate, right? Like, that's the problem is there the social media no. is designed to for people to agree with you. There's no place to put out your opinion where people can disagree with you and try to keep it civil, at least. You know,
1: nobody's asking for a healthy debate either. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I think it's like an almost build it and they will come type of scenario. Like, nobody's asking for it because they're too caught up in their own echo chambers. How many people are actually looking at the analytics of social media and deciphering how information rather than just consuming it? I think more people are just consuming on their Facebook feed than really thinking about the implications. And they're not really checking their sources either. You know, I, I always compared it to, I'll touch on this in my experience running political during the 2016 election, but a, a news headline is treated like a status update now right like i look at the metrics we'll get a million shares on an article maybe 10,000 clicks to the actual website because people are just sharing it because they agree with the headline and the headline becomes like a status update so these new sites and these uh, they get amplified without people actually reading the content and so that's how why these fucking bullshit sites work
1: i wanted to uh touch on this really fast i was watching a documentary series last night and this was actually on nuclear weapons in 2018 a hacker hacked the ap press and sent out a news headline that said nuclear missiles launched headed towards hawaii and it got sent to the entire state of hawaii and mass hysteria and mass panic happened and that's just an example of us taking our news our 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 headlines our twitter headlines we're reading information from twitter and taking it as bible and Come to find out, the tweet was deleted 15 minutes later, but it was not soon enough to stop this mass hysteria. There were people climbing under manholes to save their children. People were in the sewer trying to take cover from these missile, these attempted nuclear missile launches. And they were saying, like, yeah, they hacked Hawaii, but if this had been broadcasted to the entire nation, let alone world, like there is no coming back from that. So um, that is the danger of listening to social media. That is the absolute danger of that.
0: Yes, Uh, did they just hack the Twitter of the AP, right? Like just the Twitter account, not like the actual Twitter, right? Just a Twitter. There was another example I remember where um, the AP Twitter got hacked and it sent out a tweet that Obama had been assassinated. And the stock market dropped instantly, like yeah. an incredible amount and billions of dollars were lost from a hack of a Twitter account. So I agree, like there's there's a lot riding on this. There's a lot of our world that's I- embedded with social media now. And the fact that they have not figured out how to stop disinformation makes me angry.
1: Yeah, Well, and you have to understand that, like, a company is built from human beings. Like, there's only so much protection and cybersecurity that we are capable of. We just because Twitter is out there doesn't mean they have this wall that nobody can crack. It's like every little thing that we're putting our livelihood in is susceptible to hacking. And, you know, this is that's the danger of this whole this this world that we live in
0: yep i i completely agree and we do it with our clients the amount of data we can track with you know minimal tools is not even with the government's resources is incredible and not even with the resources of social media it's incredible so you know what they've got in their back pocket and if someone gets access to that information it's gonna be terrible, like terrorizing. So that that's a nice segue into. Um, I'll just. I figured we'd go in depth before we really talk about the anti-vaxxers. Into my experience in this type of field of social media amplifying the type of content that it amplifies. So I've alluded to before, I worked in cannabis campaigns in the 2016 election, Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump, and specifically putting out content, you know, about cannabis legalization, about what what that means. There was like five states on the ballot, Nevada, uh, Arizona, Florida, North Dakota. There was just a bunch of states on the ballot that year. So we were really trying to promote legalization. And I found That as we put out different kinds of content, the keywords that we would use in this content on social media made a big difference. So anytime we would put out regular, Hey, this is what legalization means. It would die by the wayside. But anytime we put out anything about Hillary Clinton and included the word lying in there, like is Hillary Clinton lying on her stance of, of cannabis? Or did Hillary Clinton lie about her cannabis use in the past? Anytime we would use those keywords together, it would just blow up like 50X like times the number of shares and the number of likes and the number of reposts. And I started digging in on this and I was like, who are these people? Why is this working so well? Because if we did Donald Trump lying, like we did the same thing, like Donald Trump lying about his cannabis use, nowhere, it would go nowhere and people didn't give a shit. So we did some digging, found all of these fake accounts, that were following our pages that would just share and amplify Hillary Clinton, negative Hillary Clinton articles. And they would just share, 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 share. Called Facebook, tried to get them off. Facebook said, you can't remove people that like your page. And I said, these aren't fucking people. These are bots. And they said, we don't give a shit. So fuck Facebook on that end. But that that leads us to like the, the piece of this that I think is still going on and why anti vaxer content is doing so well Is, you know, I'll give you some examples. How much do you know about what Russia did on social media? in the 2016 election do you kind of just have a high level knowledge of it
1: yeah i don't know how they hacked our system but i know that they did spread out disinformation and like you said anything to do with hillary clinton there was a hundred bots per one article that was spreading this out
0: yep thousands um and i love that you said hacked because that is the right-wing word that they say russia hacked our election they did not hack our election they just spread information. They utilize social media to spread information. So for example, Russian operatives, so these are guys running out of Moscow, put together a Facebook group called Heart of Texas. So it's a Facebook group that people could join and it shared like memes and content, garnered about 10,000 followers. So not a bad group, not a pretty decent size. And then you figure those 10,000 people are sharing the content. So it had some good visibility and it's shared content promoting Texas to succeed secede from the United States. So Texas to leave the United States. That's what was its main core message.
1: Bye, bye. Good riddance.
0: <laughs> bye, Texas. Uh, no, no. Love Texas. Love Texas, okay? Like uh, Texas listeners, I'm all about that.
1: As a side note, we... We're traveling and we had a layover in Houston and I looked over at my husband and I was like, I'm not buying a single fucking thing at this airport. (laughs) I'm not contributing $1 to Houston. (laughs) that was my real stick it to the man i'm not gonna buy anything in houston hey
0: buying power we've talked about it that's a real deal i think that was a good call i think that was a good call so it started these facebook groups like uh right wing focused on that kind of messaging to garner followers in addition the same group of operatives running out of the same building uh started an online publication called blackmatters.us so it was a publication looked like a news site promoted, wrote articles about Black Lives Matters movements and police brutality and the Black Lives in America. So this is the this was their goal, right? Not to just promote Donald Trump, but to really sow division and create a follower. And the blackmatters.us site was huge. Like it got a ton of following. And they would also do this for local publications. Like they had one, uh, a Twitter handle that was just uh, Baltimore Today. Not a news publication, sounds like a news publication, right? Sounds like it, but it's just them promoting content to sow division. So they would do this, this was their tactic. Even in the same time with these Facebook groups, they would, Heart of Texas would have a protest, like a gay like a gay pride was a big thing that they did. They would, through their groups that promoted gay pride, they would schedule a, a protest or a rally. And then through their groups that they, collected that were anti-gay movement, they would schedule a counter-protest on that same day. So Russian operatives would literally be ske- putting together a rally for one side and a counter-protest for the other side to meet and fight and sow discord. And they were using social media. That's how they am- Nobody would check their sources. Nobody would care. They just followed these groups that amplified their own message, follow what these other people were doing, and they'd get real people involved. It's fucking maddening.
1: You guys are puppets.
0: Manipulated. Yes, I, I agree. So there's a third area to this that I think is just the, the stupidest thing ever is they would also create actual fake profiles, right? And they would promote content. And the, the famous one that got big was Jenna Abrams was the profile name, Christian, right wing, mom, lady who is just some Russian dude on a computer running a Twitter handle. Um, She garnered over 70,000 followers on Twitter. Uh, So she got a huge following on Twitter. Her account I think has been deleted, but uh, it shared the content that they would share was like everything from like comments on Kim K's outfit or her, you know, recent nude selfie or like man spreading on the subway, you know, pretty like, novelty content. And then peppered in there were comments about slavery and segregation and PC culture that she would comment in as well.
1: You're right. She doesn't have a profile anymore. But the top headline that comes up when you Google Jenna Abrams is Jenna Abrams, Russia's clown troll princess.
0: Yep. Yep. Yep.
1: Those are the, like, that is how the world is looking at you, people who are believing in Russian bots and trolls and people who are showing up to protest to fucking fight with each other. Like, Russia is puppeteering you. And... Headlines. The rest of the world is like, you just got trolled by Russia's clown troll princess. God, how stupid do you feel?
0: <sighs> well, I think I'd feel stupid if I was Facebook and Instagram. The problem is like that Russia is just smartly leveraging these poorly yes. built algorithms. Like they're totally just leveraging it, right? They're using it to its max. But here's where here's where it gets very interesting for me is with Jenna Abrams the real problem she has her 70,000 followers she's a fucking russian dude eating doritos in moscow but the problem is she was referenced on articles relentlessly by mainstream media they would reference her tweets uh they would pull her tweets she has been her tweets have been referenced on cnn fox news usa oh today bet sky news in britain the washington post huff post the independent the times of india and buzzfeed and that's just naming a few like she has been on major publications. So they're taking Russian troll tweet information. These media places are not even looking at their source. They're just pulling tweets. So it's yep. it's, it's just yep. maddening. Like it's, where's the onus? Is it on us to check our sources? Is it on the fucking media to check their sources? Like it is just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I just got mad. I'm sorry. I got to like simmer down for a second.
1: No, it's so dangerous. I mean, we have to take into consideration that there's no barrier. There's no safety check. Social media is allowing anybody and everybody to create a platform. Mm -hmm. And we need to check. We need to be responsible for our own selves. And I think like, Going into everything that you read, it's almost like you're innocent until you're proven guilty. In this era of misinformation, everything is dishonest unless proven factually correct. That's how we need to go into it.
0: I love that. I think you're spot on. I absolutely love that. I think that is how you need to approach it because you're right. There's such a low bar for content creation. Now let's tie it back to the traditional news sources. Yes. there. You, these are reporters that have yes. been to journalism school that are taught, that are educated, and they're the ones producing content. And now it has been released to anybody ever we're fucking producing content what we have a creative writing degree yeah. and fucking 10 years in marketing you know like the, <laughs> the level is is much lower now uh so we need to take into account like
1: you think about traditional media houses where you have this level of this chain of command you have the journalist then you have the editor and then you have the publishing house factually checking everything that goes out because you are the one to five sources that the american population is reading but nowadays at like you said anybody and everybody is a content creator so now journalists are just trying to race the clock race everybody else to be that first person to release information versus sally joe in oklahoma who you know we can't we can't have Sally Joe get the leg mm-hmm. up on us. We're CNN, so we need to just push everything and anything out without going through the proper chain of command. Oh, that's
0: such a great point. I I think you're so right because it is a it's a game of speed now with the internet rather than a game of quality, right? Yeah. I think you're so yes. right. Yes. So uh, my, this leads to my next question of you is like let's say you're scrolling through social media, you follow activists, you've admitted you get your content from social media. So, do you take if the idea that someone has a large following, do you automatically lead you to believe they're an authority on the subject? Like, do you associate a large following with authority?
1: Yes. And I say, like, that's my knee-jerk reaction is to say, yes, I think being in this industry, I do do a little bit more fact-checking, sh- fact but I'm guilty of it just as much as the next person who doesn't know shit about marketing mm. is guilty of it. I did something that I, like, regret. It ended up being okay, but there was a post, a tweet I posted on our agency account. I told you about this. It was months ago. And the tweet said, 100% of all living U.S. presidents are vaccinated, including Trump himself. And then it said something like 100% of all US senators and 90% of all congressmen and all mm. Republicans. And it gave all of these stats. And it was really proving a case against anti-vaxxers. Yeah. It's like, you're getting all of your information from the right wing and the right side of the house. But LOL to you, <laughs> uh, Republicans are all vaccinated, like the senators, congressmen. So I posted that on our agency account. And then like, during the night, you know, you have like those midnight thoughts that just like shoot you up in the middle of the night. I'm like, Oh fuck. Like I didn't even fact check that. Like I just sent that to our agency. Like if that turns out to be not true, I'm going to feel so dumb. And lo and behold, like it did turn out to be true, but someone posted like a news article came out and posted like, Hey, this has been circulating and there is some Mm. disinformation in it. For the most part, the, the message was Still the same, but the numbers were slight, slightly skewed in this tweet. So you know, I am a hundred percent guilty of it and susceptible to this disinformation. You and I both, even so aware of it, just as much as the next person.
0: I agree. We like th- we want to read things that validate our thoughts. We want to read things that validate what we're thinking yeah. inside, whether it's right or wrong. We want validation.
1: Yeah, and and I think back to your original question. Like you really did ask, if they have a big following, are you more likely to trust them and God, I'm kicking myself for giving you this answer, but like, I don't even fucking look at their following anymore. If mm. it's something that I like to read, and if it's something I wanna post about, I'm gonna post about it. Yeah. Whether, I've, and you know, <laughs> I do I do, do my fact checking, but you know, I've already said it, I'm guilty of it. I feed the algorithm, 100%, I feed the algorithm. But <laughs> I'm gonna post about it, because you know, nowadays they capture tweets and then turn them into an Instagram post. Yep. So I don't even go as far to go on Twitter and look for this guy on Twitter. Like, that could literally be my 75 year old neighbor who is Alzheimer's. He could be tweeting that. But if it was something I like to read, I would read it. Absolutely, and I think that's the majority of America.
0: That's why I'm glad you're here. Is like I think it's not bad to feed into that to some degree. You know, it's that's what social media is. There's some onus, there's some responsibility that some people and you you felt it when you put that tweet. You felt the responsibility of like, oh crap, like this might not be right. Yes. I think that is a rarity. People don't yeah. give a shit. You know? They're like, I, I believe this. Boom, put, yeah. put it out there.
1: A big point of this podcast and why we talk about this is kind of shedding light on everything that we personally have fallen victim to and what we have come to realize working 10 years in this industry now on how easy it is to become manipulated. So I think as we go through each one of these podcasts, we're calling ourselves out and I am calling myself out majorly on this (laughs) podcast. I feed the, algorithm. And I only read what I want to read there. I said it. Okay. Now we can move on. <laughs> I,
0: I love it. I love it. I think you're so right though. Like being scammed. I think it's important to talk about it, right? Like being scammed. I've been scammed. Like that's yeah. an important thing to talk about, you know, like how we are manipulated. I love reality yeah. TV and it's melting my brain and it's important to talk about that, you know? Uh, yeah. Co- okay. So that, that segments nicely into, let's talk about the anti-vaxxers specifically what's going on now. We've talked about the system that they use, how the algorithm plays into this. My first question to you is, do you know any, you don't have to name them, but do you have anti-vaxxers in your life? Have you had conversations with them about about this, about anti-vax? no you you haven't talked to them you just know them and you're like leave it leave it be
1: i am gonna and i said this to myself before going into this podcast is i'm going to tread very lightly on my personal connections with anti-vaxxers because Mm. these are relationships that i've formed and i like these people as a whole. And it actually shocked me when I found out that they are anti-vaxxers or they don't have the vaccine. And so I just got finished putting on a major wedding Mm -hmm. and we decided as a couple to actually not require vaccination cards. We did require that everybody come with a negative COVID test, Mm -hmm. but the both of us were kind of like, I don't really want to know who's not vaccinated or not because these are people that, you know, I have, I, we like, and all of a sudden we share very, very, very different views on this. That is changing lives. Like we are in the middle of a, of this like socio political war with anti vaxxers, uh, um, mm-hmm. so I'm treading lightly. I do not have conversations with them, and I do have a good amount of people in my life that are not vaccinated.
0: Well, good on you, because I have a good. What about of you? Pe- yeah, I have a good amount of people. I have a good amount of people that are anti vaxxers, and I will not shut up to them about that. I will. Press them. I will go at them, like not in a mean way, but like just like I will challenge all of the nonsense they're saying, and I like initiate the conversation with them. I'm like, okay, why do you believe this? What are you? Thinking? <laughs> what, what? What's your? You're reasoning? poking the bear. Yeah, like what's your reasoning? You know, like what do you really think? And you know, the interesting thing, and it's anecdotal, but why I wanted to ask you is at all of them for me, every single one. I ask them where they're getting this information. Every single one has said Facebook. Every single one. And it's anecdotal. I can't draw it out to everybody, but everyone has said Facebook. I've read this on Facebook. I saw this on Facebook. I did this on Facebook. It is the amplifier to this anti-vaccine movement. It's maddening. So let's talk about this for a little bit. There was... Uh, a recent study done, a recent article published. And since we've been talking about sources, it's important for me to label the sources. NPR was the source of this article. I went and I checked on them. Uh, NPR is a National Public Broadcasting something, some radio, whatever, whatever. It's a a government organization. So I trust them to kind of stay central. And it was a study done by the Center for Countering Digital Hate the center for countering digital hate. God, I have trouble saying that. So they seem legit as well. They're an organization that really analyzes the same thing as we do, like the metrics behind uh, how hate spreads online.
1: The fact that they even have to put this organization to put money and allocate taxpayer dollars to this organization tells you everything you need to know about social media. Like we have put together an organization that says we need to discredit social media. Uh, and digital marketing hate. Mm -hmm. Uh, So continue, that was gonna be my only point.
0: Well, I think that is a fair point because they probably get government money to do these research. So they are getting grants from the government to do this research. So even though it's not a specific government organization, I would assume that they're getting funding uh, which is ju- exactly what you're saying. Like why the government is dedicating tax dollars to figuring out why we fucking hate each other online so much. But here's the interesting yeah. takeaway. They did a study of the anti-vax movement specifically online. They did a study of why this has taken off so rapidly and why it's consumed so many people. And they found, fascinating part of this, they found that 65% of the shares of anti vax content online through Facebook, 65% comes from just 12 accounts. So 12 accounts are creating the content, generating 65% of the shares about anti-vaccine content. So that means these 12 people are manipulating the conversation and they're generating massive visibility. And they labeled these people the disinformation dozen, which I love. I thought that was some good marketing. Do you have any thoughts on that? That's catchy. Yeah, do you have any thoughts on that? Who are
1: these 12? Do they have personalities?
0: Oh yeah, we'll go into who the 12 are.
1: Okay, you're good. Uh, no, I don't have any immediate knee-jerk <laughs> reactions um, only because you told me that before the podcast <laughs> and I am um, shook to my core. I am shook to my core that it comes from 12 people and those 12 people got in like 50% of the nation on board with this anti-vax campaign. Yeah. Um, so I'm just so interested to know who these 12 people are.
0: Okay, yeah, let's do it. Um, Cause they're taking up a majority of the conversation online. These accounts were singled out because uh, they have A, a large following. B, they produce a large amount of anti-vax specific content. So their niche, they got their niche in the anti-vax world. And then they also have been singled out because they have grown rapidly over the course of the vaccine rollout. Their, Their following has grown an incredible amount from March, February 2021 to now, incredible numbers. Let me give you them. So tracking all their accounts across three channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, these 12 accounts had a collective following of 877,000. So just shy of a million in uh, June, 2020. So this is last year, 2020, just shy of a million. In March, 2021, as the vaccines were rolling out, they had a collective following of 59.2 million people. So from just under a million in less than a year to 59.2 million. Fuck America, fuck these idiots online is my knee jerk reaction. Why, why? You're following people that are just validating your your thought. It just makes me so mad. Do you have any thoughts on that? It just pisses me off.
1: Like you could have told me any number and it wouldn't have shocked me no number would have shocked me because like that's the age we live in you could have told me a billion people and i was like "Mm, yep that tracks that's probably correct (sighs) and i also you know you said fuck america like i hate it here i love that comment on social media i hate it here (laughs) Uh, but i will say it again like I am susceptible to only following accounts that I want to read information from. So this does again does not shock me. Like I do the same thing on left-sided accounts. So those I are know. those are kind of my thoughts on that.
0: And I will give an agency note here. We started our agency Twitter and I was getting shit from you and our social media manager Morgan for following like Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene, like those Republican House people. They're like, "Why are you following them?" I was like, I'm admittedly I'm following them just cause I want to talk shit like from our agency account. Like I just want to fucking, talk shit on them, but I think I wanted a balance of, like, information that was coming into our feed, so you know what?
1: Totally. hate all you want. No, totally. I actually do the same thing. You know, all the shit I just talked about myself, I do give myself a little bit of credit because while I have the CNN app on my phone sending me notifications, I also have the Fox News app on my phone sending me notifications because I, you know, sometime around last year, I was so interested in how the country was becoming so divided and Mm -hmm. it had everything to do with the type of headlines that fox news was putting out versus cnn Mm -hmm. and those are two very polar opposite sources like there's like maybe msnbc might be fallen somewhere in the middle um but so i decided to go kind of polarizing
0: i agree i think that's great though
1: on instagram someone one of my connections someone i went to high school with posted something from an account, very, very right wing account. So I ended up following that account because I was just so interested in like what they were posting. And finally it got me so fucking pissed off I had to stop (laughs) following them. But um, you know, I tried. I I tried. I tried. Value
0: effort. Value effort. Just let
1: me live in my liberal (laughs) let me live in my liberal bubble.
0: Let me I love that. Just leave me a piece. Like, god damn it. (laughs) Of these. <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, okay. Okay. So let's go through the 12. A, I'm gonna list off their names, and then I pulled off a couple of the the uh more interesting ones. Um so Joseph Mercola, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Ty and Charlene Bollinger, Sherry Tenpenny, Riza Islam, Rashid Buttar, Aaron Elizabeth, Sayir G. Kelly Brogan, Christian Northrup, Ben Tapper, and Kevin Jenkins. My question to you, have you heard of any of these people, Caitlin, living in the liberal bubble? Have you heard Robert any? Kennedy? Not the junior one though, right? Robert I don't Com- know.
1: He's a Kennedy.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, okay. Anybody else? Was
1: he president? <laughs> no. Well,
0: anybody else? Anybody else? Did you, anybody ring a bell?
1: Absolutely not absolutely not and this
0: is why i asked you that question because these are prominent people in the anti-vax movement and because we don't live in that bubble we don't live in that echo chamber these people have millions of people following them and we've never fucking heard of them because it's so segmented like the algorithm makes it so segmented Uh, i
1: love that you just brought that up that is such a case in point these people have 59 million followers collectively. And Zach, you and I have not ever heard of a single name. Not one. Because the algorithm does not, we do not engage with that type of content. So the algorithm does not send us this content.
0: Yes, and I think it's so interesting that these are the 12 people that account for 65% of the content in anti-vaxxer social media, yet you and I know personally anti-vaxxers, right? So it's these 12 people are touching everybody's lives through their content, and we have no fucking idea who they are. And I guarantee you the anti-vaxxers have a very vague idea of who they are. (sighs) Fucked up, Caitlin. This one's this episode's making me legitimately mad. I'm like, uh, fuck these people, man. Like, fuck the algorithms.
1: It is frustrating because it's out of our control. That is the most frustrating thing. Like, as a human, we'd like to think that we are in control of our lives and the way we lead our lives, but it is now out of our control entirely. You know, like, had social media not come about, I might not be so liberal, (laughs) honestly. Like I might not be as far leaning yeah. left as I am, and, and same with right wing people too.
0: It works both ways.
1: It works both ways, and that is the most frustrating. That is the most. Uh, that's why you're getting so fired up, because you're like, fuck, I'm as I'm a slave to this just as much as the next person. You think is. about
0: Kim K. and like you, we saw most people follow personalities and influencers. That's how they get their news, and the yeah. amount of sway that these celebrities have, yeah. and that's why right wingers hate Hollywood so much, because all of these celebrities have sway and. Yeah, they push people liberal and Republicans yes. fucking hate the the Hollywood leftists. You know,
1: minus Kanye,
0: minus Kanye. Kanye's Kanye is an enigma. So you know, let him do whatever. Fuck the fuck Kanye. I'm just happy he's not beefing with Drake anymore. You know, that was a real weight off my shoulders personally. Like, oh
1: thank God, <laughs> I'm so happy that you can sleep at night now. <laughs> God, had no idea that was weighing on you so much.
0: It was. I would just be like, "What is Kanye? They need to settle this beef. Like, what is going on?" Uh, okay, so let's let's talk about some of these 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 uh, anti-vax content producers. Is all I'm going to really yeah. call them. So number one on their list, Joseph Mercola, three point six million followers. He is a successful anti-vaccine entrepreneur. He owns a business that sells dietary Supplements and he promotes them as uh, fake cures for alternatives to the vaccine. Specifically, a lot of his content was about how hydrogen peroxide, which is that shit mm. you put on your cuts to like disinfect it. Cures COVID.
1: Was he selling malaria pills also by chance? And now is his new venture horse tranquilizers? Probably or de horse dewarmers.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's I wanted to pull him out because we see that consistently in these twelve too, is they have an active financial interest in people Poor not profit. getting it. Mm -hmm. and people not getting the vaccine. So they're actually promoting their businesses, making money, and then they're amplifying this message. You pulled out the other one, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He's obviously of the Kennedy fame. He is the owner of the Children's Health Defense Group that publishes a wide range of anti-vax articles. He even put together and released a film this last year that targeted members of the Black and Latino community with tailored messaging for anti-vax message for uh, anti-vax material, which is something that we haven't really touched on in the anti-vax. Is is how it skews to the Black and Latino communities. Rightfully so in some degrees, especially for the black community, rightly so. But they are tailoring messages for these communities because they know there's kind of a base skepticism uh, for getting vaccines.
1: Well, additionally, Latinos are typically, and I am casting a wide net here, but they're typically Christians. And so they believe in God and Republicans Mm. rely a lot on Christian faith to push their agenda. And so that's also how they're tailoring messages is this Christianity message. Message, um, and that is, but from my own standing, again, do not take my word as Bible. But I am, I am thinking. My hypothesis, my analysis of the situation is, uh, if you are aligned Republican, you're aligned with God. Therefore, you're aligned with anti-vaccine.
0: Yeah, and I think you're dead on. And it's no fault of you for hypothesizing that. That's directly from Republican messaging. They want you to be the party of God. They want. Democrats yeah. to be the party of secularism fucking yeah. orgy satanic worshipers. So, you know, <laughs> I think you're I think you're right on that. Okay, so the next the next is a couple that I pulled out. Uh, they're Ty and Charlene Bollinger. If you have a chance look them up. They look like Fucked up Ken and Barbie, like the, the evil twins of Ken and Barbie. They're entrepreneurs as well. And they run a network of accounts to market their books and DVDs about vaccines, cancer, and COVID. Uh, in 2020, they launched the United Medical Freedom Super Pact to help fund candidates who promote anti-vax conspiracies in Washington, D.C. They are credited with uh, the the initial promotion of the theory that Bill Gates wants to inject everyone with microchips. He's put microchips in the vaccine. And, you know, remember when that wave came around and they were like, so they're credited with really amplifying that messaging.
1: Do they start that messaging or are they credited with amplifying it?
0: It's hard to peg. I would say they started yeah. the national conversation because news outlets started reporting on this theory big promotional like And it's the same tactic we see with Russia, that's why I brought it up, is it'll start with this account that has a couple million followers, but as soon as news media reports on it, like, oh, there's a theory that Bill Gates, even if it's satirical, they're still giving it fucking room, they're still giving it airtime, and these people are using their small platform to amplify crazy fucking conspiracy theories.
1: But joke's on you, Ty and Charlene, because the microchip is going to make us superhuman, according to Zach spread the That's news it's That's going to make us superhuman
0: mm-hmm. yep put it in my body baby give me that microchip Bill Gates <laughs> I brought them out as well because there's a problem with this is they have made so much money on anti-vax content that they now have a political pack that they can have money donated to to help fund anti-vax politicians so it's wow. it's like they start with these fringe conspiracy theories. It gets traction because of the social media algorithm. Because of that algorithm, major news media picks it up, and then it's amplified to more people. And then these little sources make a fuck ton of money, and then they use that to fund political people. So then it gets into our laws, and now we have anti-vax people and making laws, and it's just fucked up. Kate, okay, drop up, the man. mic. Ah, oh, it's just how they—it's how it all ties together, and it just makes me so angry. Oh, I'm getting fired up this episode for real. I need to take a chill pill after this.
1: I think that there's always going to be someone in power with money who will align with your beliefs, no matter what your beliefs are. Mm. There is someone. Yep who has the power and the money to fund your what whatever. And so the more we mm-hmm. as minions, as little people, start to engage with this, this content, Ty and Charlene Bollinger, the little, the little people are engaging with their content, it's gonna get seen by someone of power, a crazy yep. man with money who can invest yep. and start making decisions that affect our livelihood. And that is everything. That's not just anti-vaccines. That's fucking everything. That's like everything. the way um, healthcare works. It's the way mm. our food system works. Mm. It's the way FDA works. Mm-hmm. It's the way prescription pills work.
0: Mm-hmm. I, you dropped the mic right back. Toss the mic to you, drop it on the, on the second go. I completely agree.
1: Second mic drop. But yeah, there there's always gonna be a, a crazy person out there with money and power and they and, and they will put their money where their mouth is.
0: We're looking at you, Jeff Bezos. Yeah, so. Uh,
1: <laughs> Mackenzie Bezos on the other end, go make it snaps from Mackenzie. She knows where to put her money.
0: Into that, I agree, I agree. So funny how as soon as the man's removed from the picture, the money starts getting invested in positive places. Just <laughs> funny how that works, you know? <laughs>
1: This is where we subliminally message to take down the patriarchy. That's the whole podcast.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll go down. I'll be a martyr. I'm cool with that. You know, <laughs> I can't choose my gender. Let's fucking we've had centuries in power as white men. Let's 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 take a backseat for a little while. Okay, and then the last person I pulled out is uh Aaron Elizabeth. Now, this happens a lot with these content influencers, is she is the actual partner of Joseph Mercola, the guy who promote is an entrepreneur promoting like dietary supplements as a cure for covid so she's actually partners and we see a lot of couples on this list like they'll both be promoting it of course so the interesting thing about erin is she runs a website uh called health nut news and it's like an alternative health website and that is why she's gotten so much prominence because she runs these publications just like we saw with russia that are niche that are tailored to a spe- they look like a news website, they act like a news website, but they have specific messaging behind it. So it's the same fucking tactic these Russian news people did to tailor messaging and control conversation.
1: I have thought. The other thing that both Russia is doing and HealthNut whatever.com is doing (laughs) is they start with very generic messaging or very approachable messaging. So the Russian bot starting off with a Facebook group called we love Texas. Like even if I was a Texan, Mm -hmm. I would be like, yeah, cool. I want to join a group that says we love Texas. And they start kind of feeding content like, Hey, we love Texas, like Texas, pride, Texas patriotism, and then Mm -hmm. they start going a little bit deeper. Okay. And then by the time, you know, a year passes, all of a sudden it went from Texas pride to let's fight each other in the streets and wave flags for, you know, whatever. And the same with the health nut is she's alluding to being healthy, which is something I even care about. Like everyone cares about the, what they ingest, what they eat, how they Mm -hmm. diet, how they live their life. So she's talking about about different health areas. And then she's probably slow. I, again, I never heard of this. I've never read it, but I assume that she will slowly start introducing you to, oh, putting anything toxic in your body is bad. And then we start talking about vaccines.
0: Yep, yep. And actually that's exactly what they did. A lot of these anti-vax because they were on the, remember when the vaccines cause autism huge push was happening, that's when they started feeding in that kind of like content. And it's the same thing Russia was doing. You're right. Like they just put in Texas pride and they're building who knows what other audiences they have on social media. And they're just cultivating that audience until they can leverage it against another audience until there's something like the Confederate flag coming down. That's when they started flipping the script on that heart of Texas group was like, Oh, they're trying to take down the Confederate flag. They, they just built Build these audience and they wait and it's the same thing that these guys are doing they just built this like vaccine cause autism group even though it was a minor group until now they can leverage that group because vaccines are at the front of the conversation in the us <sighs>
1: <laughs> it's little things like they talk about not necessarily what the confederate flags stands for but they're talking about with the marketing message they're talking about oh george washington fought and if you don't appreciate this flag then you're not a true patriot and these are all your relatives Mm -hmm. that died in this war to have the ownership of this flag like this is your blood brethren come Mm -hmm. together like this 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 is our history (laughs) and uh and in reality, it's just like, <laughs> let's just state what the Confederate flag stands for. It's fucking racist. Let's just take it. Like, yeah. I don't need to know that part of my history as a white person. Can we just erase yep. that? So yeah, the marketing message, is they pick and choose what they want to talk about and how they portray things like the Confederate flag or ba- vaccine. Uh, they pull at your heartstrings.
0: I agree. Everything. And the same thing that we do in marketing. they They yeah. try to play into the story. And I will just say, I saw, I was in North Carolina a few weeks ago. I saw the only Confederate flag bumper sticker that I will ever approve. It was a bumper sticker, had the Confederate flag on it. And then it just had, you lost, get over it. Like,
1: ah, <laughs> like oh, yes. so I was
0: like, okay, that's, that's acceptable. Like that's fucking Take acceptable. an L um, and
1: move on. Yeah.
0: Like just get on. Like, awesome. Um, yeah. So I think we have a lot to say. We've obviously like, we're trying to keep this to an hour. So like I, we could talk about this all day. Like, Uh, is there any thoughts? Are you surprised? Were you surprised that so few people can have such a big influence on our national conversation?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you surprised? Mm -hmm. Let me ask you.
0: Mm, Yes and no. I mean, I'm surprised it was so few that it was only 12. I was banking on like, you know, 50 like niche Blogs that are putting out all this stuff. So I was surprised that it was so few a number that could do that. I
1: think the 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 so few, the 12, plus the amount of space they take up in this conversation, being at 65%, is so alarming.
0: My takeaway from this is it's important. We need to find some way to engage to break the echo chamber, I think is the key right like a lot of people are just like that person that you talked about like they seek out right-wing information to validate themselves left-wing people seek out information to validate their opinion we need to find some way to engage with each other civilly you know not fucking screaming match at each other but there needs to be checks and balances in our political opinions right like we need to have someone challenge us and that's when you become either smarter at your opinion uh you either become entrenched in your opinion because you're able yeah because you're able to defend it right but like these people that are just like yeah agree 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 like it's not a terms and conditions it's your it's the fucking political nature of the of our democracy you know you can't just agree
1: i almost think that we're past that i think we're past the point of engaging and having civil conversations with each other because there will always be an article to support your opinion and to back you up so yeah. you guys can sit and fucking yeah. fight with each other all day because there's a blog out there there's there's an opinion out there on you know on an official sounding website that you bring to the table and you're and you're not willing to listen to the other person and saying this who is this guy? Who is this guy? What Mm -hmm. makes him creditable in your your Mm -hmm. argument? So I think, I don't know. I mean, I hate to, like, I think we're past the point of asking to have a civil conversation. I want to bring up this other scenario. My aunt, she posts, religiously about Trump shit. And during 2020, again, this was when I was a troll. This was when I was fucking fired (laughs) up about the election. And I was like, that's it, I'm going after everybody who posts Trump shit. And uh, one girl I was able to engage in a nice, friendly conversation with, but then my aunt was just like, whoo, that got so messy. She was not invited to the wedding, Mm. by the way, but that got so messy. (laughs) And she started saying, you know, Socialism is a slippery slope to communism. And she was like, We have elderly Yeah. Yeah, they love to harp on socialism, slipping into communism. I
0: asked them to define socialism. This is what I do with Republicans that say that. I say, Define socialism for me. Tell me what socialism (laughs) is, and then I'll then I'll listen to you. And they don't it's a buzzword. Like Republicans, it's, are a, so buzzword. Good, it's just a buzzword. They're, yeah, they're like socialism, totally. all bad, you know. Like
1: totally. And I'm like, you from uh, uh, God, I don't even know where she lives. Is it Minnesota? No, Minnesota's kind of left. It's uh anyways, the deep south. <laughs> you from the deep south, who lives mm. like not in a great place. Like, trust me, we're if we were to all turn into socialists, we're not coming after you. We're not coming after anything <laughs> you own. So you're safe. Like you have nothing to share with the rest of us. So you're good. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Anyways. (laughs) I do, I do digress, <laughs> but I wanted to say that she started arguing with the fact that the elderly uh, are eating cat food. And I don't even know how we, like that is how toxic this conversation Jesus. got into. But the elderly, and I was like, oh, can you share that article with me? And she's like, I don't fucking need to, like I'm just gonna Google it for you. And I was like, oh, good old mm. Google. Uh, is the elderly eating cat food? Yes, there will be a fucking article that populates mm. for that. There is someone once upon a time, in the history of the internet who wrote an article about the elderly eating cat food and that is what you can support your argument with ooh, ooh, ooh. you tell your story now now you're fired you up. tell yeah, your no. story i gotta turn off my face heater
0: i know that's I was like i was like trying to calm down too i was like oh i gotta take a chill pill like i'm getting fired up i'm getting fired up um yeah so mine is my parents are conservatives they're republicans uh i'm very liberal so but we do you know we We have back and forths every now and then it gets heated. But like, that's why I believe that there should be discourse because sometimes they say shit and I'm like, yeah, maybe I just agreed with the liberal bias on that. And I challenge them as well. But there was one, there was one uh, debate I had with my dad where he, he has come around since, but at the time he was a climate change denier. He didn't think climate change was man-made. He didn't think, you know, it was happening. On Earth, and I was like, Man, you're just wrong. Like, what are you doing? And then in the middle of our argument, he like pops open his laptop, Googles something. I don't know what he googles, pops open this website, and then it's like, Climate change isn't man-made. Climate change is, you know, not happening. And he's like, Look at this article. And I'm like, Okay, let me say. T- so I took the laptop and I was like, Who is this by? It's by the Heartland Institute. It was Heartland.org. And I did what I did next was like, okay, let me Google Heartland, uh, org. So I Googled that and it is a lobbying group from Exxon Mobil, BP shell. Like it's all of their, it's all the fossil fuel companies, like organization that they put together to promote this. And I'm like, th- what are you doing? Like how easy was it for him to be manipulated by that one article? Not, not paying attention to the health organization. It's fucking nuts, man. How
1: brilliant was it of Exxon Marketing to put together a group of lobbyists called Heartland? The name itself it's brilliant. is... Brilliant. Empathy. It's you know alluding mm-hmm. to land. It's like oh we care about this, and it's like if if the website was called weloveoil.com, dot your dad probably <laughs> would have been like oh this is bullshit. <laughs> That was the best I could come I'm up with. I'm
0: gonna see if that domain's taken. Yeah, we love oil dot com. I'm gonna see if that's uh if anybody's booked that. Um nope. Oh, it's just owned by cool domains. So Bobby Murray, you know, he might get a he bought we love oil uh, fucking nuts though right so it is just how easily so uh, just to recap it all how we consume information from our parents generation even now has rapidly changed to social media a social media wasn't designed to be a content information network it was designed to interact with your friends so it wasn't built for this and we're using yeah. it for it and people are yeah. manipulating the algorithm and are and where does the there's responsibility on the social media companies there's responsibility on the media companies there's responsibility on us everybody needs to do better to try to thwart yeah. this across the board because i think you're right like russia won, we're past the point of no return like we make assumptions about trumpers they make assumptions about us we're not talking to each other and we're all feeding into the content that validates our ideals and the media companies are amplifying this and leaning into it to keep their readership it is a dumpster fire the likes of which we have never seen